RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Susan Lavender. The top stories. A new mobile app is to be launched next month to combat youth suicides in Hong Kong. Protesters call on broadcaster TVB to stop laying off staff and US TV giant CBS is rocked by sexual misconduct allegations against its chairman. The Samaritan Befrienders Hong Kong NGO has developed a mobile and web app focusing on dealing with the problem of suicide among young people. It's expected to launch in August. A survey by the organisation showed the suicide rate of 10 to 19-year-olds in 2017 was the highest in seven years. They said because many youngsters are reluctant to talk on the phone, the app would provide a better option for seeking help anonymously. Regarding elderly suicides, the group's executive director, Clarence Tang, said even though their suicide rate is the highest among all groups they're not easy to reach too good to ask for help uh, when they think that it would kind of uh, create a kind of burden to others this is a common way of thinking in the elderly people of Hong Kong Um, that's why they they do not uh, call a hotline and the other thing is that they have uh, problem in accessing this kind of information uh, they, they, they may not have the information or they do not know how to get the information to ask about. A group representing the Federation of Trade Unions has staged a protest outside the headquarters of Television Broadcasts, or TVB, in Chengkwano, urging it to stop laying off staff. The group said it's learnt that the TV station is planning to lay off more employees after cutting the jobs of dozens of staff from its sports department earlier this month. Bill Tang, a spokesman for the Federation, said TVB should not be laying off staff when it's making profits. The directors of CBS, one of the major US TV networks, says they'll investigate claims of sexual misconduct and intimidation against its chairman and chief executive, Leslie Moonves. The allegations were published in an article in the New Yorker magazine. The BBC's James Cook has details. Six women say they were sexually harassed by Mr. Moonves between the 1980s and 2000s. Four, including the actress Ileana Douglas, allege that Mr. Moonves forcibly touched or kissed them during business meetings. All said they believed their careers suffered because they rejected his advances. In a statement published in the New Yorker article, Mr. Moonves admitted making women uncomfortable by making advances. Those were mistakes and I regret them immensely, he said, while also insisting he always abided by the principle that no means no and never misused his position to harm anyone's career. A group of political parties in Pakistan has rejected the partial results of Wednesday's general election, which put the former cricket star Imran Khan on course to be Prime Minister. The group alleges the election has been stolen through vote rigging. The protesting parties include the former governing one, the PMLN. Its acting Secretary General, Asan Iqbal, said the party would be discussing whether or not to boycott Parliament. There will be a party meeting that will decide. But our joining parliament by no means means that we are uh, validating the election process. If we decide to take oath, that will be under protest. But we don't want to give this government, which has a stolen mandate, a clean way so that they can carry out legislation to further strengthen their hold on power. Greece's Prime Minister says he assumes full political responsibility for the bushfires which killed more than 80 people around Athens. The government of Alexis Tsipras has faced calls from the opposition to apologise for failing to respond quickly enough to the disaster. Mr Tsipras was speaking at a cabinet meeting. 
Δεν σας κρύβω ότι με διακατέχουν ανάμεικτα συναισθήματα τούτη την ώρα. I'm overwhelmed by mixed feelings at the moment, pain and devastation for the lives that were unfairly and unexpectedly lost, but also anguish at whether we acted correctly during the critical moments, if we could have done something more, if we could have saved even one more life. In more local news, the police force's director of operations, Chris Tang, says he understands the concern and feelings of officers who were unhappy with remarks made by the development secretary at the book fair last week. Michael Wong quoted from a book which suggests not all criminals are bad and not all policemen are good people. During an RTHK programme, Mr Tang was asked if the Junior Police Officers Association was oversensitive, as it said Mr Wong's remarks had hurt the morale of the police. Mr Tang noted the secretary had already clarified his remarks. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Commerce Secretary Edward Yao says he expects supply of the 5G frequency will exceed demand, so the government prefers to assign the frequency to network providers rather than auction it to save time and money. Responding to concerns about the service price, Mr Yao said he believed future 5G service fees would not be too expensive because of market competition. He added that 5G networks will be critical as they lay the foundation for smart city development. Providing a higher internet speed and larger connection capacity 5G will be important for the development of things such as driverless cars and telemedicine. The US economy has grown at its fastest rate for four years. It's expanded at a rate that would mean over 4% growth if it were maintained over a 12-month period. President Trump has said the figures show how successful his economic policies are. Analysts claim the growth was achieved because of increased consumer spending and firms completing steel exports before Mr Trump's steel tariffs were introduced. Here's the BBC's John Sopel. The sun shone and Donald Trump beamed in the White House Rose Garden. The latest economic growth figures were just the tonic he needed. Economic regeneration is what he'd promised the American people. And with a 4.1% rise in GDP for the second quarter of the year, unemployment at a record low, investment rising and a deficit falling, this is what he could say he was delivering. And under those warm sunny skies, he also said the weather was set fair for the economic future. This isn't a one-time shot. I happen to think we're going to do extraordinarily well in our next report next quarter. I think it's going to be outstanding. I won't go too strong because then if it's not quite as good, you'll not let me forget it. But I think the numbers are going to be outstanding. We've accomplished an economic turnaround of historic proportions. The other reason why these figures are a tonic is it means he has a substantive subject on which to try to switch the narrative away from the whole Russia saga. Overnight, his longtime personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, claimed that the president had been lying when he said he knew nothing of a meeting in Trump Tower before the election with a Russian official who had close links to the Kremlin, promising to dish the dirt on Hillary Clinton. This morning, Donald Trump fired back. I did not know of the meeting with my son, Don Jr. Sounds to me like someone is trying to make up stories in order to get himself out of an unrelated jam. It's yet more claim and counterclaim. Damaging? Certainly. But will American voters be more interested in the latest twist in this murky plot or in real jobs, take-home pay and the economic outlook? The White House believes it will be the latter. 
big rallies are expected in Zimbabwe today on the last day of campaigning before Monday's presidential elections, the first since Robert Mugabe was ousted from power in November. Mr Mugabe's successor and former close colleague, the ZANU-PF leader Emerson Nangagwa, is hoping to legitimise his rule. The BBC's Andrew Harding has more. ZANU-PF has ruthlessly distanced itself from former President Robert Mugabe, insisting it is now the party of economic pragmatism, with its new leader, the formidable Emerson Manangagwa, promising to steer an impoverished nation back to stability. The opposition, MDC, says it fears another rigged election. But its charismatic new leader, Nelson Chamisa, has overcome splits in the party and is climbing in the opinion polls. Foreign election observers have been allowed in in unprecedented numbers. But some here still worry that a close or contested result could push Zimbabwe towards a new political crisis. British MPs say the UK is facing a democratic crisis because of the spread of fake news. A parliamentary report says voters are being systematically manipulated by campaigns which rely on hate and misinformation. The BBC's Rory Keflin-Jones. For more than a year, MPs on the Department of Culture Select Committee have been examining the fake news phenomenon, looking at everything from the scandal over Cambridge Analytica's alleged harvesting of Facebook data to the use of social media advertising during the EU referendum campaign. Their interim report was due to be published on Sunday, but was leaked by the former chief of the Vote Leave campaign, Dominic Cummings. The report is expected to talk of a democratic crisis founded on the manipulation of personal data. The MPs are expected to call for new regulation to make technology firms act against harmful content. To end the news, the top stories again. A new mobile app is to be launched next month to combat youth suicides in Hong Kong and protesters call on broadcaster TVB to stop laying off staff. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, in the chair for the next two hours. This week we have a new sampling of hot new hits from a surprising number of places on the planet. You'll hear new hits from Africa to Europe, East and West, the Americas, North and South, and the Caribbean. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. Giovanotti from Rome. And our first new hit starting us off on our new sampling is from Jamaica with Damien Jr. Gong Marley. Of course, uh, famed for his papa, Bob Marley, who passed away 30 years ago. Damien Marley, he's the youngest son of, uh, of uh, papa. He uh, actually made a name for himself with his own unique dreadlocks. A video came up in 1996 where he had to put his uh, dreadlocks in a backpack when he was playing soccer, so his dreadlocks wouldn't trip him up while he was playing. Uh, otherwise, he's come out with a new album of which this hot new track on the charts, Living It Up, which is also a documentary. There's a big story here. The album is called Stony Hill, and uh, that's where he grew up uh, in uh, the capital. And uh, Stony Hill is an uptown privileged area, and he's quoted as saying that uh, he wanted his son uh, to follow and learn the story. 
Living it up is different. Junior Gong celebrates his father's rise from the streets of Tr- 